Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants won their second preseason game of the 2023 season, 21-19, to and there were some standout performers. The first team did play. We saw the majority of the starters, and man, a lot of them really did come up to play. They, they, they showed out. Okay, Daniel Jones showed out, and we're going to go ahead and discuss him, and we're going to discuss a few more of these standout players from yesterday's matchup. Now, the second half was pretty boring. There wasn't a lot of scoring on the Giants, and in fact, there was zero points scored in the second half, so that might tell you a thing or two about the Giants' depth, but today, instead of focusing on the depth, which we'll dive into in future episodes, we're just going to focus on those standout performers, like I said, and really just discuss what we're excited about after watching that game and going into this regular season. So before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section and if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants but without further ado alex how are you doing today my friend and what are your thoughts on that new york giants win i'm doing great man i mean look you know the, the truth is simple we saw a version of the giants offense that we haven't seen in maybe a decade you know w- what we saw in that first drive was orchestrated like a symphony in the great divine of a church in Italy. You, you, you haven't seen something so well orchestrated in a very long time. And I'll tell you what, Darren Waller looks like the real deal. We know he's the real deal. Everybody knows he's going to be excellent if he can stay healthy. That's the primary catalyst and variable for Darren Waller, staying healthy. Uh, but three catches, three consecutive catches for 30 yards. Daniel Jones went eight for nine. The only in- incompletion, I think, was maybe it was a drop or something like that. Um, then he had his touchdown, obviously, had six rushing yards and 69 yards. Like the guy was, I mean, he went through that first string uh, Panthers defense. I don't think they had Brian Burns um, or their, their main pass rushers in there, but everybody else seemed to be starting. He worked through them like they weren't even there. Like it was practice. Um, that's what you want to see. He was comfortable. He was collective. He was composed. Daniel Jones looks like a different player. I mean, again, first drive, of the only preseason game he's probably going to play this year. So it's safe to say that I'm not going to make any like generalizations on what he's going to do in 2024 or 2023. But I will say this, that offense looked like they were adding the second layer of the foundation to it. It looked like that this this is a, a, a unit that knows the offense and that now they're building on top of the ground floor that they've already built. And, and I feel like we have not even seen close to what this is capable of. You know, the red zone, I mean, they were just feeding Darren Waller and then Bellinger emerges wide open for the touchdown. You know, like they're scheming. I mean, the Panthers defense look confused. Like they look like they didn't even know what they were seeing. There was so many guys. They had that wing formation where they had Bellinger and Darren Waller at kind of like right outside of the tackles. And Waller just came across a line of scrimmage and they kind of had this high to low read where you know, Bellinger was going into the flat and Darren Waller was going there right kind of behind him on that drag route. But you know who they didn't see coming? Isaiah Hodgins, who was coming on that drag, uh, the crossing concept across the field. And Dan Jones hits him for a big gain. I think it was a 25-yard gain. I mean, you know, the truth is simple here, guys. Like, Darren Waller is, 
like you saw him without Saquon Barkley on the football field. You saw how much attention that he gained, how much support he's going to offer everybody else with Saquon and Waller on the football field at the same time. Opposing defenses have two big things to watch out for. Your home run hitting running back, your star tight end who can do so many things. He's basically unguardable if you have a linebacker on him. Even slot corners are going to have a really big trouble, a really big fit with him. And then you open up the field. You saw Jalen Hyatt's speed. I mean, yes, that throw by Tyrod Taylor, it hung up there for a minute, but that concept that they ran you saw Jalen Hyatt like the the big qualm about him was his route running go watch that play again what you're gonna see from him he runs upfield he looks to his left across the field as if he's gonna take that up it's, you know he's gonna take that up and in instead he just hits that deep corner route and just turns on the Jets and the safety the Panthers safety God help him the guy had no chance that ball hung up there for 10 minutes and Jalen Hyatt was still wide open when it came down that's how far in front of him he got like you're the speed on this team that what you're gonna be able to do with it with Waller and Saquon, um, you know, kind of allocating all that attention is going to be mind blowing. What we're what we're kind of experiencing here is a revolution of this Giants offense and it's the athletic profiles, the speed profiles, the the attention commanded. Like Paris Campbell got a little bit involved. You saw, you know, Darius Slayton wasn't. I don't even think he was targeted. Hodgins had a couple of big moments. Sterling Shepard got involved. Juan Dale's not even back yet. I mean, we have so many weapons. Do we have a WR one? Maybe we have that in Darren Waller. But the depth on this receiver unit is some of the best I've seen. Maybe in 10 years on the Giants team, straight up. It's it's really impressive. Um, what they've done this offseason has been nothing short of phenomenal, Anthony. You know, what, what is your impression of that first drive? What did you see from this offense that gets you excited? I mean, I, I see plenty that gets me excited. But I think that one thing that's getting overlooked here and maybe not dis- discussed quite enough, right? We're talking a lot about the players that stood out, these performances. I just got to give praise to Mike Kafka. I think that... Considering that the Giants were probably going out there with a vanilla version of their offense just to not give away too much during the preseason, it didn't look very vanilla. It looked like a really efficient and creative offense. And again, it's the vanilla version of the offense. So that should tell you a lot about what we should expect from this offensive scheme in the 2023-24 season. So when you're looking at how Mike Kafka was drawing plays to get these wide receivers wide open or to put Darren Waller in a favorable matchup, this is what we've been dreaming of all offseason long. Like this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been drooling at the mouth about is just thinking about how Mike Kafka is going to get all of these players involved and create matchups for them. And I think with Darren Waller more than anybody, we saw that. And another thing about Darren Waller that I want to mention he looked phenomenal. The route running was uh, elite. You know, the, the receiving ability was elite. He looked like the elite superstar that we expected him to look like. But on top of that, look at the impact of Darren Waller. Because if you look at that touchdown to Daniel Bellinger, what they did there, they stacked those two tight ends on the left side. And what you had was a smash concept, a high-low read. And essentially, you've got the corner route from Darren Waller. That's the primary read. But you also have the check and release into the flat from Daniel Bellinger, and that's going to get wide open almost every single time because what are defenses going to do? They're going to double-team Darren Waller, and that's just going to leave a wide-open player in the flat like Daniel Bellinger who just waltz right into the end zone, and that's what you saw on that play. So not only were we seeing the impact of Darren Waller at the receiving level from all three levels of the field going vertically, intermediate, shallow, all of that, we were seeing that from Darren Waller. We were also seeing the impact of Darren Waller on other players as they were getting wide open, as you mentioned with the Isaiah Hodgins route, where he gets wide open for 25 yards. Again, defense keying in on Darren Waller. They knew that the Giants wanted to go into this preseason game and feed Darren Waller and start to show the league like, hey, we have this elite weapon now. Be afraid. Well, the Giants, they made the Panthers afraid. They were definitely afraid of Darren Waller, and that opened things up for other players. And like you said, 
that's without Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So you've got defenses keying in on Waller, double teaming him, opening things up for other players. And then when Saquon's in the lineup, you got to double team him as well. So you're going to have a lot of open one-on-one opportunities for guys like Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, who had a big touchdown grab. Again, like you said, great route running on that one. There was a lot of criticism. Can he run routes? He ran a good route there. He shook free for a deep touchdown and a beautiful throw from Tyrod Taylor for what it's worth. Tyrod stood in the pocket, took a big hit, and still laid that one up there into the end zone, and Jalen Hyatt made a good catch. So, you know, we had that little debate last week, Alex, and we were kind of, I was kind of critical of Tyrod Taylor, but he had a really solid performance last night. You know, I'll be tough on guys when they deserve, you know, a little bit of criticism, but when they deserve the praise, I'm going to give them the praise, and Tyrod Taylor also had a really good game last night, and I do feel a little bit better after that performance with him as our backup quarterback compared to how I felt in week one of the preseason, but really just that whole offense, that first-team offense, Alex. I saw so many standout performers um, in terms of the skill position players. Hodgins just looked great. Um, We didn't see any Slayton, but I'm still confident in him, especially after talking to Drew Lieberman a few weeks ago. But one other player that we got to dive into, Alex, it's on the offensive line. It's John Michael Schmitz. This guy is the truth, all right? This guy looks incredible. How about that Eric Gray touchdown run? First of all, great pop in the pads from Eric Gray to power through through the goal line and break the plane, right? Awesome touchdown run from Eric Gray. But take another look at that play. John Michael Schmitz is... 10 yards down the field, just moving defensive tackles, creating that lane for Eric Gray. Alex, I know you want to dive into that and talk about JMS, so go ahead. Guys, I'm not, I don't call myself a religious man, but I think God sent us John Michael Schmitz to help us save this offensive line. John Michael Schmitz is sent by a higher being because what you're seeing here is not something that we've seen in a very very long time john michael schmitz in the first preseason game looked excellent second preseason game he looked even better the guy was everywhere he was making blocks in pass pro in run in run blocking i mean he was downfield he was doing everything he was communicating he was handing off stunts i mean the the guy was what what you really just did no other word for it. He was excellent, excellent. He does not look like a rookie. You know, John Michael Schmitz does not look like a rookie. He looks like he's been in the, in the NFL for a couple of years now. Um, this is a really good sign. Like the Giants' offensive line has been problematic for a very long time, guys. Center has been a Russian roulette uh, kind of situation where you've been just throwing guys in there and seeing who sticks. John Michael Schmitz is a born and bred center. He is a guy who's going to come in here, communicate, gather information, give it to Daniel Jones, and capitalize. He is a good-ass player. I am so freaking excited to see what he can do because everything that he did yesterday was once again perfect. Now, there are other offensive linemen on this equation that did not look as good, Um Matt Parrott struggled. You know, I think the Glowinski-Evan Neal combination needs more time. I saw, you know, Evan Neal was solid. I think he was good enough. There was a couple of moments where I was like, oh, not the best, but he was he was sufficient. I'd say he was sufficient. He, he wasn't a liability, which is all I'm looking for. If Evan Neal cannot be a liability, if he's an average tackle this year, we're in good shape. Um, you know, obviously, I'd prefer a lot better than average, but that's really what we need from him is just average because last year he was well below it. Um, there was one play that stood out to me that was a little bit of a mis, uh, miscommunication. There was a stunt the Panthers were running. Um, Glowinski, you know, gets his guy. Evan Neal goes to 
you know, kind of push him, his guy inward. And then the stunt happens, um, and they disengage, and then uh, Tyrod Taylor gets sacked, I believe. So that was the only situation where I was like, okay, like there needs to be better communication there, but they'll fix that on, on the tape. You know, I think Evan Neal coming right off the concussion, not getting a lot of practice under his belt, you know, not that much chemistry this uh, really with, with Glowinski because he missed a good chunk of last year. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. And maybe that's why I wanted Ben Bredesen playing a little bit of right guard because I know Josh Azudu actually didn't look that bad. He had a couple moments that he kind of like disengaged and like stopped giving effort. Uh, I think maybe he thought the play was over or dead. Uh, but otherwise, I saw him make a couple of really nice blocks. Eric Gray looked really bad in pass in pass blocking. I don't know if you noticed that too. I really wasn't that impressed by Eric Gray yesterday. For the most part, I thought that he had that one he had that one touchdown run, which I really liked. But I, I wasn't like he missed a couple of uh, of blocks that I was a little bit concerned about. I actually disagree on that because I remember distinctly there was one play where a blitzer came through the A gap and Eric Gray stood him up. So maybe you know there was a couple plays that he missed, but there was one where he definitely flashed the potential. And you know in the preseason, I'm looking for the rookies to flash their potential, and I saw on that play he has the ability to do it. Let's get him to do it more consistently. But there was mm -hmm. one play where there was a linebacker that came screaming through the A gap and he stood him up, and Tyrod Taylor was able to hang in there um, and actually scrambled. I think it was a play where where Tyrod scrambled to the left side and picked up a first down it was only because he didn't get sacked after Eric Gray picked up a blitz so I actually I, we're, we're going to disagree on this one because I, I liked the way Eric Gray played yesterday I was impressed with him was he perfect no I think that his main thing is going to be running with more patience because what we did see yesterday the big flaw he would take a handoff put his head down and just run forward and kind of fall into the offensive lineman you see more experienced backs take the handoff keep their head up stand in the backfield wait for the lane and then take the lane right and that's just rookie growing pains. That is really, to me, just the NFL speed is clearly a little too fast for him right now. But he's starting to settle in. And I think we saw that in the second half with that touchdown run. So um, I, I actually like what I saw from Eric Gray. I, he didn't blow me away. He's not superstar running back level. I don't think he's going to be this team's Isaiah Pacheco that comes in from the late rounds and runs for a thousand yards. But I think that he's got the potential to contribute. Um, he didn't muff any of those punts. The wind was swirling. He fielded all of them. He had no problem fielding them either. Good fair catches was clean with it. Um, I, I was impressed with Eric Gray personally. I actually did like the way he played. Again, nothing elite. Didn't blow me away. There are some of those rookies that did blow me away. We'll talk about Jordan Riley in a second. But Alex, yeah, I actually didn't hate the way that Eric Gray played. In fact, I was kind of impressed with him at times. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, – I, we're going to have to disagree on this one because I think I missed I miss too many. I, if you watch it back, he missed a couple of blocks that were really bad. Like he got destroyed um, and, it, and it put pressure on the quarterback immediately. So you have to watch it back. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a couple of good snaps, because I'm sure he did, but 3.2 yards per carry, Dayball ripped him apart in that one third and one where he just did not get the yardage. Like, he just, he stopped. He tried to stutter step, and then he went, uh, he, he kind of went horizontal instead of vertical instead of getting upfield. Um, it wasn't my favorite performance. I think that, you know, he has a lot to learn, a lot to grow from, but there were some good moments. You know, there was some moments where, like, okay, like, if you could do that consistently, you're looking at a pretty solid player, but I think, like you said, the NFL speed, he's still getting used to it, and that's something that you expect with all rookies however you know that leads us to the other rookies jordan riley trey hawkins trey hawkins yesterday looked the part of a starting corner guys i mean he was manned up with adam thielen basically that entire first quarter and he shut adam thielen down there were a couple occasions where um th that there was a scramble drill and quarterback tries to throw it deep i, th I don't even know who it was it matt corral that was playing at that point i don't even remember who it was threw it deep to Adam Thielen, Trey Hawkins had followed him on his hip the entire route. Um, and this was a secondary route that Adam Thielen was running. It wasn't even like he was the original route concept. He picked him back up and then traveled with him 
to the secondary route, and he was he was locked him down, man. Trey Hawkins, he gave up one reception, and it was just a great throw. It was just high up in the air. Receiver pinpointed, it came down. He tried to carry him out of bounds, but altogether, Trey Hawkins had a couple really nice stops in the run game, too. He plugged a couple gaps. Um, I was very, very impressed with Trey Hawkins once again. I think right now, we're looking at him being a starting outside corner. I think Adore Jackson may end up starting in the slot. Like I, I legitimately think that that's a possibility. Um, there's a reason they took him off the field after the first quarter. Like they, the Giants aren't really taking players off of the after the first quarter unless they're starters and they want to keep them healthy. Um, I feel like that was a pretty good indication that he's making a strong case to be a starter this year. And then Jordan Riley, guys, seventh round pick. I mean, for goodness sake, Jordan Riley looked great against. It, it was it was against backup, um, you know, tack, offensive linemen of, of the Panthers who already have a bad offensive line. So. Certainly, you know, fair to mention that, but I'll say this for a seventh round pick to be moving bodies, stopping guys in the run, big tackles for a loss. I mean, there's potential there. You know, you go get Ashawn Robinson or Akeem Nunez Roche. There are some really good, talented run stoppers on this defense. And why not have another? Jordan Riley is making a strong case to make this team. And I think that right now, he's he's going to have himself himself a nice rotational piece on this on this team. And um, it's great to see. I mean, the Giants have not been a great late round draft team in a long time the fact that we could walk away with trey hawkins and jordan riley as actual contributors as sixth and seventh round picks and then eric gray as a fifth round pick i mean that's outstanding it's it's literally out, it's just outstanding you don't you don't see this type of drafting very often from a giants team um joe shane it looks so far the early returns say they knocked it out of the park a lot a lot left to do and accomplish but i'm very very encouraged so far yeah, as am I. And I just really want to talk about Jordan Riley because this is a player who none of us knew anything about. And when I say none of us, I mean literally none of us because go ahead and try and find a draft profile on this guy. They don't exist. Like even the guys who get paid big time money to scout NFL prospects didn't even know about this guy when he was drafted. Like there was nothing about him on the draft network. His profile was basically incomplete on NFL.com. Even the big analysts out there didn't know who Jordan Riley was. But who did? Joe Shane and Joe Shane's scouting staff. They found Jordan Riley and it found it seems like they found themselves a gem here with Jordan Riley because he's playing with the third, fourth team, whatever. He does not look like he belongs in those backup lineups. He just doesn't. He looks like he's a an NFL starter already playing against these guys. You know, like how um you mentioned uh, last week, Alex, with Jason Pinnock playing with the first team, but going up against a lot of second stringers, he looked like he was playing in a whole different league. Like he didn't belong on the field. I feel that way sometimes with Jordan Riley, like the way he's moving offensive linemen around, plugging gaps, getting in the backfield tackle for loss through these first two weeks, Jordan Riley has looked like a freaking monster. And I'm incredibly impressed by his performance as a rookie here. So yeah, like everything you're saying about this draft class is ringing true. Like this looks to be the best draft class that the New York Giants have had in a very long time. Again, it is early, you know, we're only talking about the preseason. Let's see how these guys perform in the regular season. But without a doubt, the Giants do have some some rookies who can play significant snaps this upcoming season. And that's more than we've been able to say in the past. Like we've seen rookies go into the preseason and just stink for the Giants. We haven't seen them look NFL ready. A lot of these guys honestly do look like they are ready to compete at the next level. And that's something to be excited about. Whether you're talking about Deontay Banks, who I think has looked great throughout the preseason, 
or Trey Hawkins, who you just mentioned, or Jordan Riley, a lot of these back-end guys on this team are just competing, and they're playing at an exceptionally high level. Um, and I can't say enough good things about Trey Hawkins. And I will say that, you know, to your point, maybe Adoree Jackson does start in the slot. I think that in, in yesterday's episode, we discussed it. My, my vision here for this Giants defense is going to be Deontay Banks starting, Adoree Jackson starting outside. But whenever they go into the nickel, we're not bringing Cordell Flott onto the field. We're just bringing Trey Hawkins on to play outside cornerback and moving Adoree Jackson into the slot. And in my opinion, that is the proper solution here because Cordell Flott is a guy who didn't stand out to me in this game. Darnay Holmes had a couple good snaps here and there. I mean, Flott had a good snap here and there. One player that I know you weren't thrilled about, Alex, is definitely Zion Gilbert. Dropped two interceptions. Your least favorite player of all time at this point. He looked terrible, so I definitely don't I trust do him. Like <laughs> As he continues to compete for the slot position Zion Gilbert I think is just taking taking himself out of the race I'll say that much but listen with these cornerbacks a lot of potential in those rookies I think Adoree Jackson is going to move around a lot this year and I think he's ready for that role but I'm thrilled about what we're seeing from all of these rookies essentially I mean you're not super thrilled about Eric Gray I like Eric Gray I think he played well and Jalen Hyatt again looked phenomenal so we're seeing all of these rookies really stand out Joe Shane looks like he knocked this one out of the park again. It's early. Let's see how they play in the regular season. But really, in particular, I'm just so impressed with the performances of Jordan Riley and Trey Hawkins. These guys look like they should not have been on the board when the Giants took them that late in the draft. So I have high hopes. And honestly, Alex, I could see Jordan Riley playing a pretty big role in this defense this year. I mean, yeah, you've got Nacho. You've got Sean Robinson. But those are some aging veterans. And I think that there's an opportunity for Jordan Riley to definitely steal some playing time from those guys and kind of mix in there on the three down linemen alongside uh, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like Jordan Riley legitimately making a case to be getting a lot of playing time during the regular season. I mean, in my opinion, that's a best case scenario. In a best case scenario, Jordan Riley gets more snaps than Ashawn Robinson, who's on a one-year incentivized deal. Like that's my perspective. Um, if you know Ashawn Robinson is is not a long-term player here, he's you know he's a one-year guy, um, someone who probably goes somewhere else next year. But Jordan Riley could be a long-term asset for us, and they're a very similar profile in terms of big body, defensive tackles, physical, plug the gaps. You know, a little bit of pass rush prowess. We'll see how Jordan Riley develops here. But I'll tell you one thing. Two good guys to have on your side, Andre Patterson, who turned, who's clearly turned Dexter Lawrence into one of the best tack DTs in the NFL, and Dexter Lawrence himself. If I'm Jordan Riley, I'm sticking to Dexter Lawrence's hip and saying, here's another big boy that just turned into a, a monster, all-pro level talent that's got a huge payday. I'm going to copy every single thing that Dexter Lawrence is doing, whether it's his athletic training, whether it's his diet, whether it's his uh, tape, his film work, whatever it might be. If I'm Jordan Riley, I am going to Dexter Lawrence and saying, write down everything you do on a daily basis. I'm going to replicate that because I want to be as good as you. And then having the, having one of the best defensive line coaches in the game and Andre Patterson to support that, it, it doesn't get better than that, man. Like, it really doesn't get better than that. Like, this is where you want to be if you're Jordan Riley. Um, and if you're the Giants, if Jordan Riley and Nation Robinson are a, are a net neutral, like, they're equal, and, like, they see them as equal – you're playing Jordan Riley over Ashawn Robinson. I don't care how much money Ashawn Robinson is making. The Giants have not refrained from giving their guys more opportunities. Now, I'm not. This is not to say that Ashawn Robinson is going to get outplayed by Jordan Riley because it's still very early, and Ashawn Robinson's won a Super Bowl. Uh, but I. But what I'm trying to say is, if Jordan Riley continues to develop and he warrants that type of playing time, I'm taking it from him because Raheem Nunez Roche I think is on a two-year deal, so you want to give him those opportunities. He's here for a little bit more time. But Ashawn being on the one-year deal definitely suggests that Riley could steal some opportunities there for as a long-term 
kind of uh, piece that takes his uh, chances in 2024. So right now, I mean, I'm ecstatic, man. John Michael Schmitz, stud. Jalen Hyatt, fast as hell. You know, Trey Hawkins, he's locking guys down. He looked phenomenal against Adam Thielen. He's one of the best receivers in the past 10 years. Um, and maybe, maybe that's a lot to say, but I'll say he's been very productive over the past 10 years. Um, you know, I'll throw out like Jordan Riley, obviously, really solid player. Eric Ray has some value. I think he was a little inconsistent yesterday, uh, but there were positives that were definitely good takeaways that we can build on top of. Um, you know, who else looked good yesterday that's a rookie? I mean, Deontay Banks, he looked fantastic. I didn't see him get picked on at all. He made a couple of nice plays, um, some nice tackles in the run game. He's physical. He, he His closing speed is elite straight up. I mean, all together, like the young guys on this t- on this team looked fantastic. I was very, 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 very impressed from what I saw yesterday. We got one more game against the Jets. Then we got the regular season coming up. I haven't been this excited about a Giants team since we've started recording um, like episodes on, on this. You know, this has been a lot of years in the making. We've We've convinced ourselves of optimism in the past, but I really feel like we have a reason to be optimistic. Like we can look at this tangible product and say, this is good stuff. Like this is this is where we need to be. We are at the forefront of analytics and modern tech, you know, modern schemes. And, you know, we have really good players now, a lot of really good draft picks that we're developing um, all together. Like I, I'm I'm impressed. And and you know, one last toss out like Bobby O'Karake loved what he did yesterday. One of our most underrated free agent signings. Um, if you want to consider him underrated, I think he's fairly rated. He's a freaking stud. Javarius Owens had a couple of nice plays. Um, you know, Darren Beavers had four tackles. And I I need to see more from Cordell Flott. He missed two or three tackles. I was not, uh, I did not want to see that. Deontay, Bain, uh, rather, um, Dane Belton continues. He had two tackles for a loss. Dane Belton continues to showcase that uh, good training camp, good spring, tr- uh, good uh, preseason he's put forth. Kayvon Thibodeau had a sack. He looked really, really good. His get off looked tremendous. Um, All together, man, I was impressed. Like this was Dexter Lawrence, freaking animal. He was he was unstoppable. He put the Panthers center right in Bryce Young's lap yesterday. This team is ridiculous. Like there's so much talent. I'm just so excited to see what they can do in the regular season. We're only a couple weeks away, my friends. But we got you guys covered as always on Fireside Giants. Always on Fireside Giants, we have you guys covered. And I agree with all those points that you just made, Alex. And I will say, Javarius Owens, another player that I am continuing to keep an eye on. Alex Cook as well, that undrafted rookie um, safety out of Washington. He had a missed tackle yesterday, kind of got stiff-armed. But overall, I think he played well. What I will say, we're going to continue to bring up this point, Alex. Jerome Henderson is probably the best defensive backs coach in the NFL. Because as you just mentioned, with Dane Belton, Javarius Owens, all of these defensive backs just making plays and developing at a rapid rate that's one of the things that's getting me super excited for this upcoming season so like you said we got one more preseason game we got a lot of stuff to cover between now and that preseason game we will do that here on fireside giants but i'm really excited that one last preseason game against the jets doubtful that the starters play that's what i'm reading is that the the starters probably won't play but listen this is the last opportunity for guys like a zion gilbert to fight their way onto the roster so let's see how these back end of the roster guys play maybe zion gilbert will continue to give alex nightmares for the next 365 days we'll see how he performs against the jets and of course we're going to keep you updated on zion gilbert's performances and everybody else's right here on fireside giant so make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants but without further ado we will catch you all in the next one have a good one and let's go giants
Yeah, so...